to Sneaky Athletic Podcast with Tyler Steggy, Dustin Isbell, and Anthony, and the long Italian name is about to begin. So please, get comfy, grab a drink, and get ready to talk some football. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Do well, me can't be done. I'ma let the champagne bottle pop. I'ma take it to the top. Show, I'ma make it hot, baby. This is the Sneaky Athletic Podcast with Tyler Steggy. Dustin Isbell, and your host and producer who does all the work, Anthony with the long Italian last name. You don't have to say it right. I really don't care. Uh, we are here to talk some football and have a drink with you, and we could not be happier. Boys, how are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. You know, feeling better. No, I'm excited to be doing this with you guys. Uh, I'm excited to be drinking and talking sports because that's, that's the greatest pastime, right? To put a voice to a name that is D, my best friend. Uh, this is this is Tyler T uh, T Steg. I don't I don't know. I don't really have any nicknames. T Steg um, NFL. Is we're just we we're just fucking excited to be doing this. Finally, man. This is this is a long time coming. Um, the Sneaky Athletic Podcast. It's in motion. Let's get it going. That's right, and we are doing something that no one's ever done before. We are gathered around some microphones talking about football on a podcast, breaking brand new ground. Oh shit! Do people already do this? All right, we'll I don't think that. so. We're gonna do it better. I don't think so. We're gonna do it so much better. <laughs> so what we did want to do is we wanted to give you guys a chance to um, hear a little bit from us about what matters to us, uh, so you can kind of get a better view of like who you're listening to, see what you agree with, and give you an immediate chance to yell at us on Twitter for how dumb we are. Um, we had a, a, I had a cool tweet uh, that I found. Um, from at Check the Wentz. Um, he said, pretend there's an NFL expansion draft and your team gets to protect eight players from the draft. Who are the eight people that you protect? Um, I thought it was a really cool exercise into uh, team building, into what's important. Um, it, it incorporates salaries, youth. I, I thought it was really neat. So uh, myself and Tyler, we are huge Eagles fans. Um, He's a little bit of a poser living out in California pretending to be an Eagles fan, but I, I am right here in Philadelphia with the rest of you uh, on the ground. I am a blue collar. I'm not really that blue collar, actually. Uh, <laughs> but Dustin here is a Texans fan. Uh, so what we wanted to do was give him a chance. We made him do a list of the eight Eagles that he thinks we should protect, and we're going to get a chance to yell at him and disagree. So, Dustin. Why don't you label off your eight? All right. So this is this is exciting for me because uh, I'm excited for these the Philly following that you you guys have, or to be able to like take a look at what I'm saying here and tell me whether I'm right or wrong. Can I just cut you off real quick? Yeah. Uh, I just want to get to the West Coast thing. Uh, first off, not a poser. <laughs> uh, I've been biting my tongue for <laughs> about 45 <laughs> seconds. Um, <laughs> West Coast uh, Eagles fans, that just means I'm more level-headed than 98% of Eagles Twitter. Uh, just wanted to throw that in there. Go ahead. Let's, real quick, I mean, what is this whole thing that you have to live in the city to right. be a fan of the team right. for? It's 2019. I didn't, say, I didn't say he had to live in a city to be a fan. I just said he's a poser. There's a there's, huge difference. There's so many ways to connect That's with the, the team. That's the same thing. Yeah. 
100%. You're a poser for not living in the, the, the city the that city. you're a fan of. You should, uh, you should uproot your life and you should move to Philadelphia. You know what? I'm thinking about it. I went for week one for the first time and it was the best fucking weekend That's of my the life. the best city, man. I, we are going to do some fun. Uh, I am going to force these two Cali boys to come to a frigid Philadelphia winter and we're going to show them a good time and some good food. Uh, that will be exciting. Hopefully Watch the winter is better than the Cali humidity in fucking summer. Yeah, yeah Jesus. Don't, don't come I've been summer. to the East Coast in the summer. I'm avoiding that. I try to leave in the summer. Yeah, don't come here then. My my flight landed at 6 a.m. and I got off the fucking plane and I was sweating. I was like, what the fuck is this? It was insane. It no, it's Philadelphia. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So when I'm looking at my... Eight Eagles players that I'm blocking. I'm starting with Carson Wentz, and then that, that to me is a no-brainer. Um, I'm hoping both of you two agree with that. Mm-mm, barely made my list. Oh, get the hell out of here! Gosh. <laughs> you know he was number one. That was sarcasm. Everybody, I, we, yeah, we, we, this, figured, this, we figured. Go ahead. Um, All right, and so then next I got Fletcher Cox. Um, another obvious one. Another obvious one. Yeah, right. uh, got a couple obvious ones in here, and I think you guys will agree with that. But um, having a guy like Fletcher on the defensive line is a no-brainer to keep. Uh, moving on, I've got a couple linemen, a couple young linemen. Uh, Lane Johnson. Lane. Yeah, you yeah, can't disagree I, I, with these. We're not. Yeah. No, when you have a franchise tackle, you you hold on you to keep him, especially you if keep he's up. in his 20s. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Brandon Brooks. That's where I disagree, but uh, go ahead and explain why. Wait, 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 wait. You disagree with Brandon Brooks? No, we're just as far as order. I mean, it oh. doesn't matter. I have Zach Ertz fourth as the most important player. Yeah, I probably, I, yeah, okay. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're fine. Go ahead. It, it, there's, it's, okay. Anyways, I have like five core guys that I'm r- rattling off. Right. And those guys are youthful. They have, they're already cornerstones to a franchise. Right. Um, those are guys that are just obvious keeps, and, and so both it, of them are in there, but yeah. Okay, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't Not really matter, but Brandon Brooks, I mean, that's that's someone you have to keep again, and I, that one hurts me a little bit because I am a Houston Texans fan, and we did let him walk, and as you can see, that's affected us with the 32nd overall offensive line in the NFL. Uh, it's really affected Deshaun Watson and his ribcage, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Stingers. Stingers early on. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then you mentioned Ertz. Um, I'm an Ertz fan. Uh, no one catches the ball better than him at the tight end position. He's not that much of a fan, guys. I, okay. <laughs> he's really I just not. don't think he's the best tight end in the NFL. He's That's really, you know, he's not that much of a fan. He's, uh, who do you think's better? Travis Kelsey is better. Okay, he's not. But go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, this, this will continue on forever Sorry. because the tight end position is both receiving and blocking. And just because he isn't asked to block on the replay doesn't mean that he all of a sudden just get, doesn't have to block anymore mm-hmm. to be the top tight end in the NFL. Okay. Go ahead. All right. You're so wrong. then, after you get through those top five. Hold on. It's just a Texans fan saying this. See, we have five guys who block. That's their job, and they're really good at it. You, you don't know what that's like, so you require more out of your tight end. I get it. It's, it's been tough for you. But, see, we don't, we don't actually need that shit. Yeah, back to the original point. Told you guys he wasn't a fan. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Alright, so so obviously it's Wentz, Cox, Lane, uh, Brandon Brooks, and Zach Ertz. That's a that's a solid top five, I agree. And we all are yeah, it's consensus. I think we're consensus, right? yeah, yeah. consensus yeah. there, yeah. Alright, then it gets a little hairy. Um, I would go with my sixth I would go with Dallas Goddard. And this is because I think that when you draft someone that high, it's they're at a premium. They're young. 
This is someone that's going to get taken by another team in this expansion draft. I, I mean, I don't know how old he is, but I assume he's in his early 20s, 23. Um, Probably, yeah. Around that age. That's a tight end that someone's going to go, okay, yep, that's my franchise tight end in my new expansion team. So, I, to me, you have to block him, even though you've already blocked the tight end. Um, to confirm, he is 24. 24. Just turned 24 in January. Thank you, Google. Um, no, I, I agree. Um, if you don't have Zach Ertz on this roster, I think everybody is saying that Dallas Goddard's ceiling is a top five tight end, which it's still there. Um, it's just kind of crazy to think about because they're on the same team. Um, but I'm with you entirely. I think the debate for me would be Derek Barnett, um, just because he's a pass rusher and he's young as well. But I think as far as ceilings, um, I would think that Goddard's ceiling is higher, and I would block him first. So I'm with well, you. Dustin, who are the other two on your list real quick? So I would then go Avante Maddox and Derek Barnett. See, I don't have um... – I don't have Avante Maddox or Dallas Goddard on my list. And for starters, I'm kind of cheating. In fact, I originally kept Avante Maddox off for the same reason. Uh, in a true NFL expansion draft, there's ways like they can't take rookies or like second year all pros and different stuff. So I kind of cheated by keeping the rookies off. Um, but also, see, I went with Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, as as in there, I went with eventually um, Avante Maddox, uh, and then I went with Alshon Jeffrey. And my my thoughts in that was you have Wentz on a rookie deal still, and you have a Super Bowl window. For me, I would rather blow that window wide open and blow that open with veterans that you trust. And who cares if they're high paid because Wentz isn't. In fact, I was struggling. I almost put Kelsey instead of. Avante Maddox. Um, now, if Wentz had his extension, I think I'd be on your side there with, with the blue chip guys. Um, but in, in terms of right now, I, I don't know. I think it's just all about keeping your Super Bowl window open. And, and the, the argument there would be, who do you value more? It's just Alshon or Dallas Goddard. Um, and, I mean, I wouldn't keep all three, right? You have two pass catchers already. You have two tight ends and Ertz and Goddard. Um, so the debate there, you could probably convince me to take Alshon, but to me, value at the position, I think that I can find a top 10. I think I can find an Alshon Jeffrey easier than I can find a Dallas Goddard in a draft, um, just as far as a complete tight end, a top five tight end ceiling. Um, but I, I'm not mad at that. I mean, Alshon's 28. He's in his prime. Yeah. Um, the one thing, though, I do not agree with uh, Malcolm Jenkins, simply because of usage and age. Um, he's 32 uh, in December. Um the last, like, five years, I think he's, like, played, like, 85 consecutive games or something like that. I mean, <clears throat> he played in the Chip Kelly era where he's on the field more than anybody else. Um, and he plays a strong safety position. He played as a line of scrimmage. He's taken a lot of damage to his body. I just don't know how long his body can withstand. And so expansion, to me, in my head, that means future. And at 32, how many more good years do you have? Two years, three years? I I just I would probably move in the direction of maybe Jason Kelsey maybe I don't know I'm not sure. Well, so then that's what I was I was going to bring up because initially when we first did this exercise together I had Jason Kelsey on my list but then I thought about age and those things and I was like you know what I mean who wants to, who's going to take a guy who's going to invest like a pick in an expansion draft on a guy who's at this age like I mean why would you do that he's got two years left right I mean about 
So Kelsey? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd choose not to block him and just kind of hope hope that they don't take him, and that that's kind of where I would go with that. I I don't I don't wholly disagree with you uh, on on Jason Kelsey. However, last time the NFL and expansion draft, Tony Baselli at the age of 34, 35, was the first overall pick by the Texans. Now, he was kind of half dead, uh, but the point still remains. Um, I, I think the difference with Jenkins, and Tyler, here's where I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, safeties tend to age differently than a lot of other players on the field. I mean, if you're not struggling with life-altering illness like Eric Berry or your leg fell off like uh, Earl Thomas – I mean, you think about, like, Eric Weddle is playing way too late. Charles Woodson played way too late. Ed Reed played way too late. I mean, there's always guys like Troy Palomalu and, um, and, and Sanders from the Colts. But overall, safeties tend to age pretty gracefully. And Jenkins is a guy who can play center field, who can play more traditional strong safety as opposed to the further-in-the-box Jim Schwartz strong safety. I just think... Jenkins is a guy who takes his fitness seriously enough that, I mean, we haven't seen a drop-off from him in these five years. He's, he's only gotten better and smarter. And, yeah, even if he starts losing a step, his mind is so much faster than everybody else in the field. He understands so much of what's going on. And that veteran leadership, I, I mean, we lost five starting defensive backs this year, and we still held teams under 30 because Malcolm Jenkins was the entire so, defensive backfield. So just to go off this, so we heard these. D, repeat your, your eight real quick, because I just want to compare all three of ours real quick. Yeah. Um, so your you're, so, you're eight, you got well, Wentz. Wentz, Cox, uh-huh. Johnson, Brooks, Ertz. Uh-huh. Then I go Goddard, Maddox, Barnett. Right, so the top five are every – uh, Anthony, you agree? All of yes, us have those same sure. five. So so your, your other three, or right outside the top five, are Goddard, Maddox, Barnett? Yes. I am the exact same. Um, and also, one thing where Maddox gets the jump up, he has dreads. Nobody else does. Um, if you have dreads, I don't know you... if you guys can tell, but we are clearly three white people on this podcast. Absolutely. We are all infatuated by dreads, and it also gives it a, a drip swag, too. I mean, <laughs> no, but on a serious note, I... <laughs> To your to your def, uh, or to your point on Jenkins, you're, you said that he's played the best football uh, the last five years, which I agree with. But where is that going? So I personally am going to take a chance, and maybe I do miss on Maddox. But if I'm a GM, thankfully I'm not. I would ruin a team. But if I'm a GM, and I'm taking, I, I'm not going to take the 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 history that you've had the last five years. I'm looking at the next five years, and to me, Jenkins' next five years isn't as promising as Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox is, what he showed in year one was phenomenal. And yes, he struggled in the postseason against the Bears and Saints, but I'm looking, and and I said this earlier, if this expansion were to happen, it it would be very fun to see these GMs whether they're trying to win now or whether they're trying to plan for the future. Yeah, I'd love to see. It would be a lot of fun. That's how you would filter out what GMs are, like, fucking this league up and what GMs are actually smart and know what know the what fuck they're, they're doing. doing. Um, and as a GM, when you're looking at this and you're, you're, you're blocking these players, it'd be a lot easier for me to watch Malcolm Jenkins leave and have, you know, two good years than to watch Maddox leave and be a shutdown corner for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Like, that would which be is, tough. Which is possible, but you also have to remember, Maddox has had nine good NFL weeks. Mm-hmm. And then after those nine good NFL weeks... A bad offense and a good offense 
lit them up a little bit because they had a lot of film on them and time to study. I'm not saying I don't believe in Maddox because he showed he can play free safety, slot corner, outside corner. I, I'm a huge believer. Again, I cheated a little bit because in an expansion draft, one-year player guys are actually uh, blocked uh, automatically. So I cheated a little bit. But I, I don't. I don't know if you can bet on a guy after seeing nine good weeks and then when film came on him, he couldn't adjust yet. doesn't say he won't, but I, I just I don't think you block him when you have a Super Bowl window. Now, no. if, if Wentz had a $30 million contract right now, I would agree with you because then you can't afford guys like Jenkins aging on big money deals. Right. And you need blue chip recruits. But, but Wentz is not making $30 million. And you could win a Super Bowl right now, but he will be next year. That's that was my thing. Is it's like this but, isn't just for one year. Yeah. I mean, this but is for right the rest now, of the if franchise. If you get a chance at a Super Bowl, and in three years you get two Super Bowls, that is way more important to me than being a little bit more of a contender over the next five years. And I, if if you have a shot now, you take it. Okay. And one last argument, and then you can rebuttal if you'd like. You have Alshon Jeffrey, and you have Malcolm Jenkins. We have Dallas Goddard and we have Avante Maddox, both on rookie contracts. Yours, you, you, you are paying premier those guys premier money, and and to me, I can fill those positions or I could expend that money somewhere else. So yeah, so you're not and only you paying for you add free agents exactly. right now, you're right. It, but and and realistically, at what point are you going to extend Carson Wentz? I mean, this that's it's the it's middle happening. of next season. It could no, happen it's, now. It's it's it's, it it's, happen it's after moment. the season. It's, yeah. it's coming after. What how he did because this Because you're going to beat his option here. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get into free agency uh, later in the show, but I mean, yeah, what what how he did it, it showed that he was he's not even thinking about paying Carson until yeah. next year. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. Which I think is the right move. You wait until that option year to pull that trigger. And and I get that. But in my head, just jam that window open as much as you can. And as much as you're saying it's easier to replace Alshon, I mean, it's not easy to find a number 1 receiver in this league. And he may not be like a top five receiver, but he is a reliable number one who can lead a receiving core. And I, I love Goddard. Uh, I, just real quick, who are you taking, him or Jordan Matthews? Oh, well, I mean, J-Matt, obviously. <laughs> Shouts to Elliot Shore Parks. I'm sure we're going to be uh, shitting on him a, oh, a ton. Oh, fuck Elliot Shore Parks. <laughs> you can never say his name again. Uh, no. Hey. Andy, no. you said it wasn't easy to get a number one receiver, but I think the Browns would have to think otherwise. Holy Is that a segue? Shit. Might be a really good segue. <laughs> yeah, wait a real John Dorsey's on the phone. He's a natural. He's not even the host of a great segue. Way to ruin that, man. I love it. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Free agents. I was ready to move on from the <laughs> Eagles. I don't I couldn't do yeah. much more. No, I mean I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of exhausted too. No. That was cool though. <laughs> No, but, all right, so in most years when bad GMs aren't just shitting the bed and trading away elite Hall of Fame projection wide receivers who are generational talents, it can be hard to find a number one receiver. However, the Browns lucked into Gettleman has a job, and here we are. Um, So Odell Beckham gets traded for a first-round pick, uh, pick 17, a third-round pick, which was the later of their third-round picks, and a safety who, quite frankly, does not really matter. What the hell just happened? Uh, I have no explanation with any decision that David Gettleman makes. Um, I mean, you decide to keep it 37. I'm, I'm referring to last year. Eli was 37. And you decide to keep him, avoid drafting a, a quarterback. You take a running back, 
of all positions. Which, you know what? Saquon's a, a generational talent. Saquon Barkley's Best player gener- in the draft. Absolutely. 100%. That's, but, Still that's, a terrible pick. Exactly. It, it, it's okay to... I understand taking the best player available, but you have to have a plan with it. And so if you're going to take a running back, which everybody knows their shelf life is not long, and you're deciding to roll with Eli Manning, to me, I'm like, as a fan, like if I'm a Giants fan, I'm like, all right, dope. That means that means that our window to win has to be within two or three years. Y'all are fucking close to winning. So what is your plan? Okay, you have Odell. That's another piece. To, to pair with Saquon, maybe they're going to draft Kyler Murray. Maybe they're going to have a very fun offense. Nah, we're going to trade Odell Beckham, our best player on our team, and it's not even close, who's in his prime, 25 years old, and a top three receiver in the league, and you're not even going to get some like a legitimate compensation back, and you're going to continue to roll with this quarterback, and now your entire roster sucks, but you're going to run the ball. Oh, we're going to we're going to ground and pound. This is 2019. Teams are like not if we don't run the ball down people's throats anymore. That's just not how it works. Like I, I'm so confused on how these guys are running front offices, and there's actually people in other front offices that defend the moves. But Twitter GMs are the dummies. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. Dave Gettleman, man, I, I don't know Dave, if Dave Gettleman's ever made a good decision, and, and this just kind of shines on that, and I don't know if, like, at this point, it sounds like there's rumors he's not going to take, or the Giants aren't going to take a quarterback at six, um, which is crazy to me, but, you know, you guys should be excited about that, um, oh, but yeah. Oh, this trust is, me, we're very, very excited about it. I mean, it's insane. This team is not ready to win. They just... They, they trade away Odell and then sign Golden Tate today. Like, what? Oh, Golden Tate, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's good. Actually, you... I'm going to be honest with you. That move made sense. And Did here's it? why. Eli can only throw eight yards okay. beyond the line of scrimmage. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was right. like, where is this yeah. going? Yeah. So, I was waiting so for a legit... if you're going to roll with Eli, you actually just want a couple slot receivers and... And just kind of just fuck it. Like, Saquon I, I get it, Actually, uh, if your plan is Eli is the future, then sure. Uh, if your plan is winning, then no. Yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. Well, and, and the best part about that trade, sorry for cutting you off there, but the best part about that trade is um, from your guys' perspective is you you get a compensation pick and they lose theirs. Like that, and Jalen Mills no longer has to guard Odell Beckham. <laughs> yeah, not for twice the season. Dude, Odell, Odell was easily the, the, the scariest receiver that we always face. He you know what the crazy us. part was? Uh, a co- most film, if you watch it, Jalen Mills played some of his best games against Odell, and Odell would just torch him because he physically just couldn't keep up with I him. I actually agree. He matched up with and him Jaylen, very well. Jalen Mills just like doesn't match up with Kenny Britt for some reason. I have right. no idea why that's <laughs> the one he can't handle. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and let's just, this is an easy transition too. No, the Browns. I mean, that was the segue, right? That, yeah. The Browns have had an awesome fucking offseason. Yeah. Shout out to John Dorsey. A, yeah. A solid GM. John Dorsey's the guy. Um, I mean, and he just looks so cool, right? With the, this, the, the crew neck. Yeah. That's the crew neck and the hat. It's yeah. just like, yeah. This man, is the this blueprint. Guy. This is the blueprint. You, you yeah, drafted. I mean, you, get, you get Sheldon Richardson, you get Olivier Vernon, you get Odell Beckham, and you trade away practically nothing. Yeah. Right, and this this is when you find your quarterback, which, I mean, who everybody would assume, right? I, I don't want to jump the gun after one year, but it looks like Baker Mayfield. Baker, is, Baker's the guy. Yeah, he, he looks fucking legit. I mean, he's a very good quarterback. I don't care about height. He's got an arm. He's accurate. I, pocket presence, everything that you look for. But 
When you have that, he's on a rookie contract, you have four years. That is your window. You have to fucking start to... This is when you build your roster. And John Dorsey recognized that. He didn't say, oh, you know, let's continue in the draft. Let's get the draft picks. He said, no, we're going to go out and get a fucking roster. And he built this team, and he got him the, a top three fucking receiver. Yeah. That's insane to me. Yeah, this, this, I think this roster, looking at it on paper, is the best roster in the AFC. It's, it's the 2017 Eagles, and I'm not even trying to be a homer there. That's exactly what Howie Roseman built, did. They're built the same way. Yes. And the Jets pulled the same move. The Jets have a rookie quarterback that they believed in, yep. and they did the same thing, right? You get C.J. Mosley, who, quite frankly, I think was the most impactful and the best overall free agent available uh, just straight up free agent. I mean, C.J. Mosley's a game changer. You go and get uh, a slot receiver to line up across from your speedster in Jamison Crowder, and you go and get the best weapon available in Le'Veon Bell. I, I mean, I know they didn't get their center that everybody wants, but, like, the Jets are doing the same thing. I mean, they even went after Anthony Barr, and they were going to overpay him. They so saw that rookie quarterback, and they just – they. They just loaded every piece of ammo they have, and they shot it at anybody who mattered. And I love it. That's exactly what you should Yeah, this is the blueprint, and you're right. I mean, this is what teams should be doing, and this is why it's a little frustrating on my end as a Texans fan that they're not splashing as much. It's not something we're known to do, but uh, and we have we already have big guys that we're paying. You, know, you have your Watts, your Clownies that you have to tag. But it is frustrating when you've got this quarterback on a rookie deal, Why? and you feel like you're ready to win, like, I like what the Jets and the Browns are doing. Even the, the Jets. The Jets are probably slightly over, you know, you're, you're paying a lot of money into Bell and Mosley, but, like, do it. Go for it. Right, and Don't miss your window. This is the time to do I mean, people always complain. And I'm, Sorry, when I say people. D, you, you are not an advocate for signing Tier 1 free agents. Uh, sometimes I've seen you say Majority you know, you're always going to overpay. Yes. Technically, yes. Am I overpaying? Absolutely, as far as market value. But... The way my roster is constructed currently, if I have $9,500 million available, like right now the Colts, they just had $100 million available, and they did fucking nothing in free agency. And to me, I'm like, you have Andrew Luck, you just competed, you just lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs, why aren't you making moves? Like, what is your motive? What are you saving for? What is, what's the intention here? So, I'm not saying go overpay for Le'Veon Bell, but get some pass pressures, get a, they, they re-signed Pierre Des I'm getting off point, but my point is, is what the Jets are doing, what the Browns are doing, I love everything about it, and like you said, to your point, and I'm not trying to shit on the Texans, it does suck seeing these quarterbacks or seeing these good rosters or potentially good rosters not being utilized correctly, and they're not going at... Sorry, go ahead. I will say that the Texans, um, while I wanted them to get Le'Veon Bell because that would have just been the absolute absolute most fun thing to watch... Um, they are going to end up playing the comp pick game for some gain. I mean, Tyron Matthew signed a big deal. Kareem Jackson got paid. Uh, there's a couple other teams that do it. Like the Patriots love this game. They groom guys, and then they let them walk, get the comp pick, and they restock. The, uh, the Lions are kind of in the same mold, and then all of a sudden they started spending again today. Um, the Ravens are mostly in that mold, even though they signed Ingram. The Eagles are playing that game. So yeah. it's, it's not always the right move to go spend, but when you have the chance, this is where you can make the mistakes. You know, most NFL contracts after two years, there's not a whole lot of guarantee left. And if you got Sam Darnold for three more years, right, before the, even the option year, this is the time to load up and make your mistakes and try for the move. 
So yeah, it makes sense. But the Texans, I mean, right? Watson's in his in his third or going into his fourth year, third year, third year, third year, third year. Yeah. So I mean, you're getting close to having to pay him. Yeah, so you I, you I are. I get it a little bit. I mean, at the end of the day, Texans can't do anything until they share up through a lot. And that, that's, that's where we're at, and there's nothing available. And that's right. that's where it's like, okay. The co- and do you the think plane, that's on Rick Smith? Huh? Or do you think that's on your GM? Uh, it's not Ed Rick Smith anymore. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Gain. Okay. Um, but uh, no, I don't. I, I To be honest, we, we run like Patriots light. I mean, that's what we are. We, we find that second-tier free agents that can fit and juice the potential out of them. Sometimes it doesn't work like Aaron Colvin last year. But, like, you look at it this year, and I go, okay – the one-year deals, I love the one-year deals, mm-hmm. dude. Because I, I don't, I'm not a huge Bradley Roby fan. But one year, that's fine with me. Yeah, prove it. Ball out if you want. Like you need to make your money. Prove it. So I'm okay with that. And we've seen flashes from him. He did not play well last year at all. But uh, those are the kind of deals that I get excited about as a Texans fan. Because there's not much to get excited about when, with splashes. Um, so yeah. And and really quick, I did shit on the Colts. I I am a fan, and you brought up the one-year deal. Chris Ballard I, is the guy. I, uh, no, no, he's drafted well. No, I, I, I'm just saying the window is Chris there. Chris Ballard seems to make every decision right. Correct. So I, I, I want to agree with you, but at the same time, I don't think he's made a bad move yet. I, we don't know. We'll see just what the, we'll, we'll see what the Colts. Do. I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. What I was getting to is I'm a big fan of the one year, thirteen million for Devin Funches. I want to see how. I, I think love he's. That a, deal. I, I think 100% he's a, agree. I think he's a beautiful fit with Andrew Luck, big body, opposite of T. Y. Hilton. Yes. This is what they need. Yeah. But uh, and and I'm not disagreeing. I'm not at all taking a shot at Chris Ballard. I just think if you have an opportunity and you 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 saw their entire draft last year succeed and outperform, if you. You can I, I take the patient route, but you can have a blend of it. Spend twenty five, thirty million, and you still have sixty million left yeah. in cap space. Yeah, like I'm glad he re-signed some guys. He got Desaire to stay. He got Marcus Hunt to stay. Those are guys that he landed last off season. That I mean, people didn't think they were going to be in the league anymore, right. and and they both balled. I mean, I watched Pierre Desaire shut down DeAndre Hopkins. It was pretty embarrassing. But and that, no one shuts down DeAndre Hopkins. No. Yeah, that was wild. It was wild for me. It was difficult to watch. But, yeah, I I, I like everything Chris Ballard's done, and I, I'm not going to judge him too much until I, I see it fail. Um, and the, o- really- the only thing with the Colts is Andrew Luck is not on a rookie deal. Andrew Luck's on a mega deal. So I, I will I, – I, I kind of almost give him a little bit of a pass with when you look at – um, Leonard, when you look at Hooker, when you look at Nelson, when you look at T.Y. is going to want another deal. There are guys that you're going to have to pay. Um, and I think Frank Reich was able to maximize your talent. So if you can go ahead and just keep drafting and take your time, I, I think you I'm, – I'm okay with the Colts taking that patient route. It, it makes more sense to me than most teams. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I, yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, yeah, you have to plan. Um, like I said, I, I, hundred million make a little bit of a splash, but no, I mean, I totally get that that concept. I I, I get it. So I typically, it. like you said earlier, I don't like the big free agent signings because I think everyone gets overpaid the first day, and I, I mean, eventually, if you're a fan of a team, you kind of got to buy into what they're doing, unless it's the Giants. Um, but <laughs> I really enjoyed what the Packers did. I, oh, what oh, a man. great time for them! I don't. I think both of those guys got both of the edge guys got slightly overpaid, but I I'm totally okay with that because 
looking at this window you have with Aaron Rodgers now, you already have a good D-line with Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark, and now you've added two edge rushers that both are going to be able to create pressure. I mean, that's insane. And then, I mean, we can we can talk about Adrian Amos, too. But that's also Ooh. my favorite deal of the offseason so far. Oh, but. Yeah. but Well, I mean, and even, like, Zadarius Smith isn't even a full inside rusher. I mean, he does a lot from the inside, too. I think one thing the Packers have run into for a long time is they have no depth. As soon as you end up with – you know, oh, they have a great D-line. One guy gets injured, the whole D-line falls apart. So, yeah, I agree. The, the, one of the most underrated great signings of this offseason has been the Packers beefing up the D-line for maybe a little overpay, but really it's reasonable. You're not paying those guys for 10 sacks. You're paying them for six and to stay healthy and to, and to complete. And to play. With Adrian yeah. Amos grabbing him from the Bears and paying him less than Landon Collins to get, quite frankly, a more versatile player. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, I was I was pretty excited about that for them. Segway. Uh the Redskins. Another oh, terrible franchise that has no idea what they're doing. Let's pay let's pay sixteen million dollars underneath a hundred million and and oh, pay a safety. What? A box safety. A box safety. That is a win now move. Like, oh my gosh, like our defense is so good. We have a good offense. This is the last piece. Blah blah blah. No, that's not your case. It's no. a, it's a win that's now not move. Your case. You have Case Keenum. It's <laughs> a win now move when going into training camp you're gonna have Case Keenum battle out with Colt McCoy, huh? dude. Like what? what? No. And I you guys are so lucky. You guys are so lucky to be in this NFC East bullshit, dude. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty great. I mean, I've dealt with it before, too. I mean, the Colts were not a very good franchise for a long time. Yeah. They just had Peyton Manning. (laughs) I will give the Redskins a little bit of credit for two reasons. One, I really do think Landon Collins is more than a box safety. I think he's best as a strong safety. I'm with you. But when people call him a box safety and, like, consider him, like, Cam Chancellor but, like, less talented – like, that's just not true. The Landon Collins can do so much. Landon Collins is 25. And quite frankly, the salary cap is like a speed limit. It's not real. Like, it, this is not a real number. Salary cap is so fluid all the time. It's going to go up by at least another $10 million next year. It's just, it's, it's not a real number. Next year, someone else is going to be paid way more than Landon Collins. And in two years... Landon Collins is going to be a fairly reasonable deal for a game-changing safety in his prime at 27. And at four years, he's not guaranteed, and at 29, he gets to hit the market again. So while it looks crazy, that one made more sense to me than most of the other dumb shit they normally pull. So, okay, a couple things. I entirely agree uh, that Landon Collins is not just a box safety. And D is shaking his head right now. Um, I mean, no. they upgraded from HaHa Clinton Dix, like, significantly. Like, <laughs> this isn't just, like, a safety that only works in one spot. Landon right. He, coming coming out, that was people's questions. They were like, oh, can this guy, he's Bama, he's a Bama safety, you know, front seven, can he cover, blah, blah, blah. No, I, I saw him win matchups against Zach Ertz sometimes, which is, <laughs> that's not common. Um He's not. He's not just somebody that's playing close. He. He. He and Malcolm. <coughs> he. <laughs> no. He and Malcolm. Jen- <laughs> he and Malcolm Jenkins are so similar in as far as styles. Like, but he's just so much younger. He's. He's faster, and that's not a knock on Malcolm. I just. Well, no. I'm. I'm just. Landon Collins. He, I would take him on my team. He doesn't have the coverage skills that Malcolm has. No, not uh, at all. And he's, Malcolm, he's Malcolm not, no longer has Malcolm. great coverage skills. No, but he did. Oh, all right. And he he did. Super Bowl Fifty Two, 
and go watch him shut down the Patriots running backs who were the most lethal weapon in the entire league that year, and he just said, fuck you, I'm shutting down all three of you all game and played every snap. I don't okay, want to hear You can have a, a really good game and still not oh, be that so, great. I'm not going to do I'm not gonna do this Eagle thing. I'm just saying, I'm saying Malcolm Jenkins is not, he, he, can't, he came to the Eagles as a former corner, and he had good coverage skills, but he is best playing close to the line of scrimmage and playing with his head going forward. Malcolm Jenkins is best in the Brian Dawkins and Troy Palomalu role, which is if you you know if you ever played basketball as a kid, right? You could play like box and one defense, right? Four guys play zone and one guy just one guy bucks follows. It up. Yep. Right. Brian Dawkins was the one in the box and one. Right, Troy Palomalu was the one in boxing one. Malcolm Jenkins is Schwartz says I need you to shut down this, and the rest of the defense will play the scheme. Landon Collins is that same mold. Tyron Matthew is that same mold. Now Landon Collins is a much better thumper and has better straightaway speed. But like Malcolm Jenkins, I mean, in a phone booth would run circles around Landon Collins, like way quicker feet. I just. I think you're going for that same mold where you see how much Malcolm Jenkins has helped the Eagles and opened up the defense to be able to cover a variety of roles. I think the Redskins were looking for that. Did they overpay for that? Yeah, they did. They did. I'm just not paying a safety that much. You could get Adrian Amos for nine and a half million a year or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to – and Tyron Matthew at, like, 14, I don't know how much guaranteed it was, but that's crazy to me. I mean, I watched he him fits play what the year. Chiefs want, but that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, I mean, you just you, you wait till day two and you get the bargains, man. That's that's where it's at. I don't pay, I'm not paying a safety that much. That's crazy to me. Well, I mean, Earl Thomas got paid too. Again, I, I don't really like any of those deals. I, <laughs> I I love the fit. Like, I mean, yeah, like I mean, Eric Weddle was like a top three safety last year, which I mean, how much can Earl Thomas advance that defense? Yeah. That's in my head. But I mean, if, I'm not if mad. Earl at... Thomas can walk a hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Like I'm just not. I don't. I don't know. I. That I, defense isn't going to be as good. Why? Right. Why did they invest? I, I don't know. Go do something on offense. But, at, at, at the end of the day, their ceiling is just capped off Lamar. He can't throw a fucking Unfortunately, football, yeah, so. and th- that's what I was wondering. Uh, this isn't really free agency, but I was wondering if the, the Ravens in their first-round pick, are they They have no wide receivers that are worth naming. Are they going to take one, or is it just, uh, we don't think that Lamar they're can gonna, utilize they're gonna, it. They're going to take the blocking approach. Just go. Just go. <laughs> TJ Hawkins. Yeah, just go get some Wisconsin guys. Well, I mean, you got Mark Ingram. You don't need a whole lot of blockers to go forward with a guy like him. Yeah. All right. So one last team in the NFC East who I'm actually going to give some credit to, who, boy, do I love this shit on, but I'm actually going to give them some credit. The other Texas team that's not the Texans. Yeah, we don't say they the have here. all these guys to pay, right? Um and we've been joking around that they have all this cap room, but they can't use it because they have to pay all these guys. I actually give them credit for sticking to their plan. They've drafted well. They've picked their core. Now, they've fucked it up with Demarcus Lawrence. They've screwed it up with David Irving. So maybe they totally just shit the bed and this falls apart on them. But I, I think they're doing the right thing by holding Pat a little bit here. So you're giving them credit for not overspending. I, I am, because their normal way of doing this is the exact opposite. Yeah. no. I just, I just thought it was pretty funny that they were linked to Earl Thomas, and they were linked to other big names. Other and it's like, what are you, where are they going to get this money from? And, and I agree to your point earlier, Anthony, that you said uh, that the cap number is kind of imaginary. Um, I mean, good GMs kind of just play around it and kind of just get close to the surface, but, you know, they know how to fuck around and, and create space when they need to. Um, Jerry... 
Jones is not one of those GMs. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just, they're not, they're just not, I don't, I, I, I didn't see any, like, that had to be all smoke, right? There was no actual legitimate interest. In I mean, I'm sure there was interest. It was just at a very low, I mean, they, were, they yeah. weren't offering many money. Right. Well, I'm interested in hard tens, but yeah. I have no chance yeah. with hard tens. So exactly. I, I get it. So you're the Dallas Cowboys. I'm, yeah, I am the Dallas Cowboys of dating. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of hard ten, Tevin Coleman got ten. Oh, nice. That was great. That was great. I love that. The the segue's on the show. Was this good? Was this nice? Guys, I'm getting good at this podcast thing. Right. You're not going to get this anywhere else. All I did was study segments. I actually didn't. Segments and transitions. I didn't actually do any. I'm not actually ready for anything. (laughs) I'm not ready for anything else. I'm just going to hit you with some good transitions. I had fun fun prodding Tyler all day about Tevin Coleman because I I didn't think the Eagles were going to sign him. I I don't know why. I just had the sinking feeling. It didn't seem to fit. I believe they were interested. So, Tyler, I'd like to formally apologize to you for just prodding you for the better part of, like, two hours. Yeah, for that moment, I I actually mistaked you as a troll uh, for a minute there. Like, if I didn't see your AVI and just saw the tweets, I would have been like, oh. It's just one of those guys. Let's just well, Jeff, Intern Jeff was running my Twitter account. It really wasn't. Maybe. Right. Makes and, sense. and then I looked at the AVI and I was like, wow, this is actually somebody I respect. <laughs> and they're still doing this. Um, no, I mean, I just always, uh, Tevin Coleman was, and to me, uh, an, an ideal fit. Um, I didn't think that he would ever take the, the number one running back role, but I don't think the Eagles truly have that. Sometimes you see them roll out with, like when they had Ajayi, when they had Blunt, you would sometimes see them start the game with Darren Sproles. Sometimes you'd see them start the game with LeGarrette Blunt. You just never knew. And I think that Tevin Coleman, I don't know what role he would have had, but he would have had a good one. And he would have had a, a solid role. I, I, he would have been awesome in the receiving game. And I think that he gets not enough credit running in between the tackles. And thirdly, the Eagles run his own scheme. And I think Tevin Coleman is really good in his own scheme. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I think the Eagles have opened up the playbook since Doug Peterson, though. I mean, they run a whole lot more than a zone scheme now. Well, they have a they have a very complex run scheme, but they have a very heavy amount of zone scheme in it, um, and that's just as far as fits. But I mean, and and your your entire point was you think that they are looking for. And in between the tackle runner, like a Jordan Howard, or um, I forgot the like. Oh, you you mentioned Mark, Mark Ingram, Mark yeah, Ingram, yeah, which who was an awesome fit, and yeah. for five million a year, fuck yeah, I would have yeah. taken that. Like absolutely, hundred percent. You get Mark Ingram, and then you just trade for like a Duke Johnson or like a, a receiving back. I'm all on board. Um, I just it's it's harder to predict trades than it is free agency. Yeah, um, and oh, I just going over fits. I liked Tevin Coleman, but um, I'm I'm very curious on what the Eagles do at running back. When, when you guys had that exchange on Twitter, I was like, uh, I agree with both of you because you're talking about the fit and Anthony's more talking about what he thinks the team is going after. And I was like, you guys are kind of just arguing like two separate totally things. Like, I, I, I think that he'd be a great fit. I think that Tevin Coleman would be awesome in your offense. I think a lot of running backs would be, though. Right. Um, I also think that I agree with Anthony that you guys are probably looking for more of a Jordan Howard type runner than you are looking. To, I think that... They see Corey Clement as that that role, that pass catching back, and maybe that frustrates you. But I think that's what the team sees it. And I've heard Peterson come out and say that the, this running backs is still going to be, you know, committee approach. And I think that's just the way they're going to go with it. They're not going to acquire two. They're not going to go Coleman and then go get a, a, a runner. So a downhill runner, I mean. 
Right. Yeah, I think the, the plan all along is to draft a guy. Uh, I mean, I think this is the right class to look into third, fourth round and keep going after it as long as you don't trade up for a guy like Pumphrey again. But I, I, I agree. I think not well. going after Kevin Coleman was – I just say Kevin Coleman. Not going after Tevin Coleman more alluded to me that they believe that Corey Clement, when healthy, can fill that role. Um, I think you still look for a Duke Johnson for or for a guy to fill a Sproles role where he's even more electric as mostly just a pass – uh, passing right, uh, running back. But I, I think at the end of the day, what they were really missing was something nasty between the tackles. They missed LeGarrette Blunt. They missed Jay Ajayi. They missed Deuce Staley. They missed Mark Ingram. I, I, I think at the end of the day, if you're going to only buy one running back, and I agree, I think they were only getting one free agent running back, it had to be that. Um, I don't disagree, but wouldn't your approach, if you do plan on taking a running back in the third or fourth round, because it, it, obviously Howie's history... Uh, Howie Roseman, by the way. I, his history says that he's not going to take a running back early, right? right? So if you're planning on taking one in the third or fourth, wouldn't you rather do it with a roster like, or with a running back like JHI or LeGarrette Blount on your roster, rather than you have currently, and and, and I know the offseason is still, like, it, we're in the middle of it. You know, there's still so many things that could change. But currently, you have Josh Adams, Darren Sproles isn't even on the roster. You have Corey Clement. Like and Wendell Smallwood, yeah. And Wendell fucking trash ass small. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to hate on an NFL player. No, Obviously, I'll hate on an NFL player. <laughs> Wendell like, Smallwood, you fucking suck. He's man. When there's a like, blitzing linebacker on your side of the field, don't fucking cross Wentz's face and let him get blindsided. Not even, ah. just, not even run or pass blocking, but he's just a very bad. Like football player, he's not good at he's running. Just not good at anything. <laughs> so my my, he also my point catch. my point is. If you're banking on a third or fourth round running back, you would like to have some type of somebody you can lean on. And currently, the Eagles have nobody at the running back position that they can lean I on. I agree with you, but they weren't going to waste a comp pick on a running back. You have right. to remember that there are teams that when, when you sign a free agent, right, realistically, you do give up a fourth or fifth round pick in a comp pick formula for that guy as well as the money. And bad GMs don't think through that. Now, sometimes when you're the Jets, it's worth it because you have the rookie quarterback and you got to go for it. But with the Eagles getting a third for Foles, probably a fourth for uh, fourth or fifth for Jordan Hicks, probably a fourth for Golden Tate, yeah. and Ronald Darby still might get paid, bringing back Jay Ajayi doesn't count toward the comp pick formula. Trading for Duke Johnson or Jordan Howard doesn't count toward the comp pick formula. Now, none of those guys are as good as Mark Ingram and Tevin Coleman. But to keep a fourth-round pick, I, I, I'm going to sacrifice that because I'm going to be honest. When you have Wentz, Ertz, Goddard, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and a great offensive line, I'm going to go ahead and say that running back is not the most important position. 100%. It isn't, but it's where you guys hurt the most last year on offense. And, and, but I, and I'd rather I typically, typically I would look in the draft for a running back, but for some reason you guys – just don't evaluate them well. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Howie Roseman's a, a top five, top three GM in the league, yeah. at least it seems. Yeah. Um, and he's been, and, and again, I'm a huge fan of Howie Roseman, but he has been hot yeah. garbage. Hot Humphrey garbage. Humphrey and Smallwood in back-to-back drafts, is in their late-round picks, but 
people hit on late round running backs. And, and dude, other teams hit Joe, on those. Joe Douglas as well. You, you got to fucking figure that out. Pumphrey and Wendell Small. Yeah. Come on, man. There's, there's an issue. I there. mean, they Come used on. to not be able to draft safeties either. That was an admitted blind spot they had. Like yeah. some guys just can't evaluate certain positions, and that's okay. They got it right with Clement, and they traded for the right guy in Ajayi. Like if you can find other ways to make it work, then you do. And, and I think Howie understands that, and I think he's gonna go ahead and trade for somebody or grab Ajayi back off the scrap heap for cheap. Agreed. I agree. I, I'm all about the running back committee approach as long as you fucking invest in the position. Yeah. You, you can't just say. We're just going to roll four guys average guys that we out. just picked up off of. The fact that I had to watch Josh Adams and Wendell Smallwood, it literally fucking hurt okay, my Okay, but soul. You, you did have three injuries to the running backs for that. I understand. You, you were decimated, so I agree with you. But when you're at your fourth and fifth running back, you were fucked anyway. But they did have a chance to address a position at the deadline, and they didn't. didn't. And that's what bothered right. me. Clement, Clement was still healthy at the moment. I agree, though. Golden Tate was the wrong move. You had to go for a running back. Running back, I agree. Well, moving on to trades, some of the best GMs use trades to try to save their comp picks. Uh, two more big trades for uh, wide receivers as well as one for an edge rusher. But let's talk about the DJX one because, well, we're Eagles fans and, and we're biased. Oh, man. Uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, how, D. D, you just have how, to sit through all this Eagles talk, man. I can talk it. Let's do it. We'll <laughs> get there. How fucking cool is it to see Deshaun Jackson back at an Eagles podium, though? Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty awesome. I uh, it's a huge upgrade from what you guys were dealing with at your your two your wide receiver two spot there. So I mean it's awesome. I, I'm not as nostalgic as you guys. I'm not you know I'm not an Eagles fan, but it's cool to see him back in 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 the green. But um, yeah, I mean that's such a huge upgrade over Torrey Smith and Mike Wallace. It, it, even at his age, I I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun to watch Carson extend plays and just air it out to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm excited for that pairing. As much as I don't know how much juice Deshaun has left, but I still think it's more than what you had. I can answer that. He still has juice. A lot of it. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. He's got drip. I don't know if he has juice. <laughs> drip. Drip, bro. Dog, I was watching his press conference today. His God, fucking chains were blinding me. I was like, dog, put those away. There's nothing better uh, than last year when Fitzpatrick wore his gear into the presser <laughs> afterwards. After he beat he, bro, he looked so like Conor McGregor. So I did not enjoy that for like three weeks because I was so mad. <laughs> right. Oh, Around right. like week six, though, it was it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, was that right after you guys? Did they beat you guys that day? Oh, no, they just game. they just yeah yeah, yeah. They dropped forty on you guys, right? <laughs> no, I think they only uh, dropped like twenty. Oh, it wasn't 30, that bad. 35, okay. Yeah, okay. it was thirty. <laughs> not 30, so 30, wasn't pretty. Thirty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> three away from forty. Okay. Um, no, but I, I agree. the The biggest need uh, wasn't running back last year. It was a deep threat, and and I won't put that on Howie. He did have Mike Wallace. He just got hurt. Um, but that is what this offense needs. It's a very methodical offense. It could be boring at times. Um, but if you have somebody who can stretch the field consistently, like Deshaun Jackson, and you're pulling away double coverage from Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar, you can't double two guys. You can't double three guys. Um, so if this offense finds a running back, it's going to be fucking lethal. Yeah, um, good night. Yeah, it's, 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 but what Deshaun brings to the table is literally the epitome of what this team, like it, they need a deep threat, and he's perfect for him. He's perfect. Do you think that Zach Ertz could break the, the tight end catch record again? again? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, he's, he's going to get single covered. 
In, yeah. in last last season, the last like five or six weeks, he was getting, even against the Texans, he was getting bracketed. Yeah, and he's just he's he, still like come yeah. on. Man. I, I remember he's, that. He's game maybe there. he's maybe the best route runner I've seen in my entire lifetime, and that's he's, not just tight ends. He's just amazing. If, I actually think Alshon's going to be the leading catch uh, catch guy this year. That would I mean he's going to get a lot of I, single coverage. I think it opens up right for him with Zach setting the record with Djax open it up. I think Wentz is going to start forcing him the ball in a good way. I'd like to see that because I feel like Wentz hasn't done that to date as much as I'd like him to. And when Foles comes in, Foles goes, ah, oh, that guy at 17, he's, he's pretty big. I'm going to go launch it up to him. And I wish I saw Wentz do that a little bit more. Um, eventually th- it'll happen. I think you're going to, yeah. Moving on to what I couldn't believe how lopsided this trade was, too. Antonio Brown goes to the Raiders for a third and a fifth pick in Mike Mayock's uh, GM debut. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Antonio Brown, as a Raider, is just so fucking perfect. And then he's going to be a Las Vegas Raider, and it's even more perfect. Yeah, it's about as, it's about as perfect as it gets there. Um, I, I like the move, honestly. I, I'm pretty critical of the Raiders, um, but... I don't, I don't see there being an issue with trading. So you have so many picks. I mean, you're just trading a couple to go get what is to me, he was the best receiver in the league the last three years. Six. Um, six. You're saying six. six. Yeah. All right. That's fine with me. I mean, this, <laughs> I'm just throwing a number his, out there. His six years has have been, been, it's when he started the hundred yeah, catches, catches, 1300 yards, 10 touchdowns consistently. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's a gamble worth taking. Is it a gamble? I don't even know it's a gamble. It's I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't know how you really think it's a gamble. Like, it's not. I don't. I don't know what you're gambling. Like, you picked up one of the best receivers who can play the slot and outside on a team without a weapon, and Derek Carr desperately needs to get the ball to. I don't. And, and the yeah, cool how did you miss? The cool thing is they got Tyrell Williams, which I fuck with. Um, what a I, great signing, yeah. Yeah, I, I, and, and, and people hated on the Trent Brown signing, but, like, I'm like, you know, he's not great, but, again, in free agency, you're going to overpay market value, which I don't mind. I mean, just address things, and I understand the Colton Miller pick. I get it. But I just like to see them make it. Everybody, I naturally gravitate towards the opposite if everybody's hating on something, like John Gruden. You know, everybody was critiquing every single move. I understood the Khalil Mack thing. I understood if you don't want to pay a guy $100 million, $95 million guaranteed, fuck it, move on, get some draft picks. He wasn't showing up. He's a new coach. I totally understand. Do I agree with it? That's a different discussion, but I understand. And so what he's doing in his second offseason, I fuck with it. You're letting the fans know that you're trying to win. Everybody's like, oh, what's this guy doing? Does he have a plan, blah, blah, blah. Give him a fucking chance. Yeah. Don't just judge one offseason, man. The, the problem... It also depends on Al Davis's pockets. I mean, Khalil Mack wanted money, and if it's pretty well rumored now Al Davis has been having money issues with the move to Las Vegas. Right. If you can't actually pay Khalil Mack and we're able to get the return you got, yeah, I mean... Bravo. You hate the move, but, like, it does make some sense. Yeah. I just hate it after every single Khalil Mack sack or uh, I mean, all that stuff. Is awful, like, but that's, that's just what... Twitter and all of those things are for people are always going to do things like that. But I mean, my biggest thing with Gruden is I don't know if I'll ever be able to. So because with the Mayock, with Mayock coming in, which and by the way is awesome in my opinion. I love that's Mike, where Mike I was Mayock. going with this is that 
what he did acquiring all these picks and then having Mayock come mm-hmm. in and be able to have this offseason and carry... I mean, I think they could be good next well, year. Well, wait, but, but was it one huge critique is uh, John Gruden's got an ego. If he Obviously has such an ego, then why is he bringing in Mike Mayock? Well, so that's another thing, getting on to Trent Brown. I'm not a huge Trent Brown fan. I don't know if he's that all that good. I've seen flashes of him, but I, I don't think he's that great. But the biggest thing to me is that Gruden's accepting... That maybe this, either Gruden is or Mayock's coming in there and going, hey man, this Colton Miller pick was a bad pick. Mm-hmm. So we either need to bump him out to the right side and, and go sign a guy, which they did. And that's that's exciting to me as a Raider fan. Like if you're looking at this, you go, okay, wait, Gruden's accepting his mistakes. He's not being stubborn and saying, no, I took Colton Miller with the, you know a top 20 pick. I'm going to stick him at left tackle. That's where I want him to be. That's what I did. So that to me is kind of an exciting advancement for them. Uh, and, and just real quick, I, I, I'm I not a huge fan of Trent Brown. I think, you know, people say, uh, like, if there's a free agent receiver, if there's anywhere to go, it's like, oh, he would thrive with Aaron Rodgers. It's the same thing with offensive linemen and Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady gets the ball out in two and a half seconds, so you don't really have to block. Um, so it, well, it, the case is still out on Trent Brown. I don't know if he'll be. He's 25 years old. And he worked with what Dante's what's the guy the offensive line uh, coach from uh, the Patriots. He's like a legend or whatever. Yeah. But I, I don't mind it. You know, yeah, I, I don't. I, I didn't like it at first. I was like, ah oh, man, that's a lot of money to pay Trent Brown because we're we're in the tackle market. And I was like, there's no way. But you know, I I don't mind it. I, don't, I think it's okay. I agree. I think what they're doing is is good. The Raiders. This the awesome. name you're looking for was Skarnekia. Skarnekia. Yeah, and he is a god among men yeah. in that realm. I I agree. I think what you're looking for, though, if you're the Raiders, is not this year Trent Brown. You're looking for really kind of good Trent Brown. Like, Nate Soldier was not a disaster last year. Right. Now, every all, the other four linemen were, and Eli Manning was. But what you're really looking for is this is a competent left tackle at 25. I'll overpay. And I agree, because if Gruden is the ultimate old-school guy – with Mayock as the ultimate new school guy, I mean, you saw that. You saw them go after a veteran like A.B. and pull the trigger. You saw them then go with a 25-year-old left tackle and go for the young guy who can grow into something. You saw them go with Tyrell Williams to stretch the field and let Derek Carr really rip it. I, 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 they seem to be that perfect blend for each other. And, and Mike Mayock has those relationships with all the GMs right now. Like, he is friends with these guys. I, I really – I am really down with that hire. It, it really – went to me as one of the most underrated great plays of the offseason. Yes, I I honestly think it was one of the best. And and we'll see what they do with their draft, but that's so important. If they hit on a couple defensive players in this draft, I mean, they they could go 8-8 next year. I wouldn't be shocked at all. 8-8? Yeah. You think they win more games than that? If if they they sure up their defense. I don't think Derek Carr's very good. You don't think he's very he good. Almost, I don't think he he's almost great won either. an MVP. He almost won an MVP one year. Yeah, what Derek Carr do you get? That offensive line is not the same offensive no, line. No. They just traded Clutchy Assembly away. It's it's he not even close. Has, to he what also it used to has be. Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, which he's never had. He had a young Amari Cooper, kinda, yeah. who barely wanted to be there. I'm not. I'm not. Cooper again, played really again, well that year. Again, so did Crabtree. I don't put. I don't he had put, weapons. I don't put wins yet. It's March. Um, oh yeah, we could get into this too. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying. I mean, yeah, we we haven't even talked about Nick Foles, but no, I just I think if you sure up that D line, this team can win a ten games. I mean, we've seen that. I mean, you're talking about drafting guys that are 22 Which years is, old I agree, and expecting them to come in next year. I'm not expecting. Again, you don't. I mean, but we saw it with the Colts, right? 
We saw it with Colts. They, we, had, we, we didn't know anybody on their D-line. No. And then they all outperformed because they had on the draft. And we were just talking about how good May- Mike Mayock is. So if he, if he finds two, because they have Arden Key, who's a decent on the D-line. Rotational rusher. Yeah, but um, if they can find... I like Mohurst. Mohurst as well, that's, yeah. a, that's good interior but, I mean, they, Absolutely. They need an edge rusher. They need edge guys and they need a hit. And I, I, just... I would have rather them not sign Tyrell, maybe find a cheaper option for a speed guy, and, and try to get a D-forward or try nah, to get... I, I disagree. I, I like they where they the right went. Because there's too, too many... There's so many rushers and they have two first-round picks and one of them's real high. If you're going to get a shot at... Right, you're going to get a shot at Quinn and Williams or Josh Allen. Take your pick. That's, and, and, yeah. and you're going to have a shot in that middle of the round to go get a defensive back, and then in the second round to go get another rusher and keep building. Yeah, I, I'm fine with it. But there's also edge rushers available, and D4 just switched uh, switch teams. Uh, in a move that I really thought was actually great for both teams. I mean, the Chiefs were able to get a second-round pick for a guy that I couldn't believe they got a second-round pick for. The Niners get that stand-up edge rusher as they go to a 3-4 that they desperately needed. I mean, we're all – can we just agree they're getting Nick Bosa? I mean, yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's happening. 100%. So if you have, you know, Solomon Thomas and you have um, – oh, man, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, DeForest Buckner. Thank you. Uh, if you have uh, – and Armstead, if you have these guys in the middle – Right, and then you're able to put Nick Bosa with his hand in the dirt sometimes and be the versatile rusher, and then let D Ford stand up, be that 3-4 linebacker, like that Alden Smith-type rusher. That finally has that, that look at that defense that you really need to run that 3-4 under. Uh, I, I, I think the D Ford trade, as much as I am a D Ford hater, I do not believe in him one bit. I think that was the absolute right move and worth that second-round pick for the Niners to be able to finally make this work when you add Nick Bosa. Did you, did you give up on D Ford when you saw the clip of him literally run away from a run play? Uh, I, I gave know. up on D Ford as an Alabama fan while he was playing for Auburn. Auburn, yeah. Um, yeah, all, so all he there's does a little is bit of just He does one thing and he does a, one thing play action, pretty well. Fuck anything, fuck a run. He's like, nah, I'm, I'm killing the boot, bro. Like, I'm hoping the quarterback he's, holds the ball. But he's not even just a great pass rusher. He's only a great pass rusher with one move. Right. Yeah. He's Vic Beasley. I either got around you on the edge yeah. or you blocked me. Like, yeah. and I, I just, I hate that. I hate, I don't hate Vinny Curry, but like, that's all he yeah. had too. Like, I, I want guys who have a couple moves who, even if they have a go to one, can, can go to something else. It's just, man, D4 just does not have it. Yeah. yeah. Versatility is nice to have in any player. You don't really want a guy to just do one thing well. And that's, I mean, that's. That's the NFL. And you don't want a safety that just covers well but can't tackle. I mean, that you, you, you need everything. You want a little bit of everything. You want football players at and, every position. And really quick, you mentioned DeForest Buckner. Um, really good fucking player. Uh, <laughs> he actually reminds me a lot of uh, Fletcher Cox. Um, I know they're in different points. In- hold, hold, hold on. The fuck you just say? I am fully aware that um, Fletcher Cox is the second best defensive tackle in the league. Um, but I think as far as where they're at in their careers, Forrest Buckner is entering, I believe, his fourth or fifth year, one of the two, uh, fourth year, I think. Yeah, and he just had the best year of his career. And I think that he's Which developing. Which is about as good as Fletcher Cox as a freshman in college. Oh, uh, you're insane. I mean, a, a player can remind you of yeah, someone and, and again, not yeah, being I the same I level of right. caliber of player. Yes. I, I, I think I, said, that I do see some right, similarities. Devin Funches reminds me of Randy Moss when he jumps. <laughs> I mean, like, does that like the same thing? <laughs> I'm I, again when we. <laughs> I'm, what are we I, doing, I, this guy? I, I don't. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I I don't think that they're the same player. I don't I don't I'm not saying that DeForest Bucker is any like as good as Fletcher Cox. I know that he has a long way. I'm just saying that as far as his style of play, he gets upfield really fast. Uh, I think that he's not bad against the run. I don't think he's Fletcher Cox against the run, but I'm just saying that he is a he's on his way to being a very 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 good defensive tackle in this league. And what I was saying as far as versatility. I think that he can play three tech, and I also think that he can play a D tackle in a in a, a four three position. I, I I think that he has versatility, and you could put him in any defensive scheme, and DeForest Buckner can thrive yeah. a lot. Like he's shown Cox. that, I mean, yeah. he's shown that in San Francisco, and they've they've gone and invested in D line in the last three years, and he's really the only one that stands out to me as like a cornerstone to that that franchise. Uh, he's performed wherever they put him; he's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Well. Hopefully they get Nick Bosa and it doesn't matter for him. Well, there is one last real big move that we want to go over, and this one's very near and dear to our hearts. Big Dick Nick Foles, uh, as an Eagles fan, is he is not the greatest quarterback to ever play for the Eagles. He's not the best, but he is quite possibly the most important and just an all-time legend in this city. He is the only uh, eagle to have a uh, statue outside the stadium. And and I think that's how it should be for a long time. So, Nick, I'm glad you got your money. I am so happy for you. And you need to change your number to 10 because you grew at least one inch after that Vikings <laughs> NFC Championship game. I was, before that, uh, <laughs> before that, I was going to ask if you needed a tissue. You started to sound like you got I, I, emotional on me. I, I I am very emotional. I lost a, a big member of my family. Nick Foles <laughs> is an eagle forever. And not only should he never buy a beer in this city, he shouldn't have to pay rent in the city. He shouldn't have to pay for anything ever. The city owes him forever. Um, however, he is now a <clears throat> – I can't even say it. He now plays for a slightly different – uh, shade of green, and um, and I actually think it's a pretty good spot for him. And boy, did he get paid! Good paid. for the man. Good for the man. Yeah, you know. Yeah, do you tell us your thoughts? As a yeah, Texan, as fan. a Texans fan, I love this. And here, you're going to disagree with me, and I think that don't get this twisted i i think that nick Foles deserves every dime of that contract because because of every reason you just said but the jaguars are not the same team they were two years ago this is not the same defense uh granted last year their offensive line was really banged up but it's just it's not the same roster that that challenged the patriots in the afc championship game and this is a perfect time and we talked about this for lengths and lengths earlier about how getting a quarterback on a rookie contract is a good move. This is the time that Jacksonville Jaguars should be doing that. Dwayne Haskins, is. A, there's a good chance Dwayne Haskins is available at seven. If not, you can move up and get him. Go get a guy like that. That, to me, is my QB1. Dwayne Haskins is a guy. I would be scared if Dwayne Haskins was in my division with that Jaguars, with, with that Jaguars roster right now and the ability to go sign other guys and have that QB on a rookie contract and go, and go, get, go make splashes in free agency. I'm just not a huge fan of, and Tyler, you tweeted about this, about how all these other quarterbacks in the league have higher AAVs 
than Nick Foles. Just because they made a dumb decision doesn't mean that the Jaguars' decision also isn't dumb. Um, and that's just where I'm at. I just don't think this is a very win-now move, and obviously that's what everyone thinks it is, and that's what the Jaguars' front office is doing. Is it a win-now move? 100%. Why? What do you what do you mean? I, I, I'm not I'm not saying. Why would that you pay I, that much money on a quarterback? I'm getting there. Okay, um, he's 29. He's, you're in his prime. Exactly. So that's my thing. Um, he, he's he's 30 years old. Uh, and you want to fact check me, fucker? Um, no. <laughs> um, that's that's. Funny. Okay. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, he's 30 years old, and I don't think that he's any anywhere close to. I mean, you see quarterbacks; they go into their their late 30s. Joe Flacco's in his prime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what a stupid ass thing to say. Come on. Can I, Tyler? I'm going to pause you. Go ahead. What a dumb piece of shit. Could you imagine him running your team? Yeah. Could you imagine having to like? Oh, I wonder what my team's going to do. Oh, wait, John Elway's saying that 30-some-year-old Flacco, who had one decent playoff run, has been overpaid the rest of the time, is entering his prime. Get the hell out of here with that. If he didn't luck into Peyton Manning, would he have a winning season as the GM? I've defended uh, John Elway um, probably more than I should. Uh, But, I mean, just for free agent signings, I don't think he's been a very good drafter. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, when you say something like that, that's something that immediately you're like, Okay. How, how uh, ironic is it to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but you just you can't evaluate a quarterback for shit, dude? But what is that about? It doesn't make any the sense. The best to thing he ever did was allow his coach to hire Wade Phillips. Yes, I, that was literally all John Lynch or John Elway has ever done right. I don't think it's ironic that Elliot Shore Parks really liked Paxton Lynch, and then John Elway drafted him, and he sucked. Uh, again, there's going to be a lot of shitting on ESP real quick. Um, no, but again. I think it's a good fit. I don't. I don't think that the Jaguars roster is um, as bad as you're painting it out to be. I think that they have a lot of. I think Miles Jack is a good player, a uh, really good player. I think Jalen Ramsey is probably the best cornerback in the league. I think they have a decent O line. I don't. I don't think that they're as far as way. If they get decent QB play, not shitty QB play, that fucking Blake Bortles, like he's one of the quarterbacks that you just watch and you're like, my fucking god, can you hit anything? Yeah. And Nick Foles can get your players the ball. I agree, they don't have the surrounding that the Eagles did, but it's not close. The the outlier here is Nick Foles with Jeff Fisher. Everybody says, can he play without Doug Peterson? Can he play without a good system? He's he played, played with Chip Kelly yes. and Andy Reid. He played, well, yeah. he played well with Andy Reid. He played well with Chip Kelly. He played well with Doug Peterson. So I want to see him with, again, with John DeFilippo. I think it's that's another thing. I think it's a very good fit. I don't, I'm not. He's the second best quarterback in the AFC South. Yeah, we'll disagree. <laughs> I mean, what? Convince I mean, me. I've watched it. I throw the Jeff Fisher shit out of uh, out. Like I've watched Nick Foles play like shit. Like, and you have too. We both. I have. mean that Saint that Saints game this past year, this last playoff, he was pretty bad. Yes. But like, here's the thing: the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars did not need a great quarterback. They needed just like barely passable. Like Marcus Mariota wins the Super Bowl with that team. That's how close they were. They weren't that far away. Last year, if you have Nick Foles, that team is significantly better. A good quarterback covers so many mistakes. I know he's streaky, but like you don't have to have a perfect roster if you have a guy who can get hot and win. And, and, I mean, and, Eli Manning has a Super Bowl ring, or he has two, and Joe Flacco has a Super Bowl ring. You get hot, you can do something. And, and to your point, I, you said you just need you just need a quarterback to just play well, right? But the thing about Nick Foles is he does take risks. He's not a safe quarterback by any means. And so 
that's where I'm not sitting here saying that the Jaguars are going to go on and win 12 games, get a get an AFC bye. That'd be crazy. No, well, it's March. We're not allowed to say wins, so it doesn't. Well, matter. I agree. Yeah. That's, that was my. You're not thing. supposed to cap cap wins. I'm, I'm not. I will not cap wins. <laughs> if you're if you're, I can't stand when when people in March when there's so many more decisions to be made. You're saying, why would the Jaguars do this? They're only going to win eight games this next year. They haven't even drafted. They have. They could still make trades. Don't hit me in March with a, a win total for me. I just can't fuck with that. Unless it's a team that was like successful the year before and they've already gotten better at this point, which the Jaguars, they weren't successful, but they've already gotten better with the acquisition of Nick Foles. So if you're going to hit me with their cap number is 8-8, eight and eight, fuck that. Well, I'm no not even no one was saying just... their cap. I just said at, from my perspective in that Twitter exchange, it was just me saying as an ex- – and this is the thing. As an excited Texans fan disliking this move, I'm excited for them to go 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, it's just me throwing shit out there. You took that a little bit more seriously than I thought you would well, I have. I do. I don't, I don't take you as a troll. I, I, I hold your It opinion. wasn't a troll That's move. why you're on this podcast. Because, yeah. Because, because I value, we value your opinion. But I hear you. Well, Ty, Tyler does. Yeah. We, we're, not, <laughs> yes, we're, we're, still, right. we're still working on something here. I'm not sure how we, either of us feel about each other. <laughs> Um, no, but I'm actually going to say I trust you more. I mean, you have the beard, and Tyler has whatever that caterpillar. He's trying. I'm, I'm not allowed. I, trying. My work. I'm not allowed to grow a beard. I have to then shave the horrible mustache. Oh, no, fuck you. Because of that, I'm going to get actually handlebars. I'm actually then that would look fine. <laughs> but like, it's not there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't need advice from you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. All that all that comment was was me being a Texans fan, and I've countless times seen you be an Eagles fan versus the Cowboys, and I've just let it go. And I was like, man, this fool is really going to pick a bone with me because I said they're going to be eight and eight. I wasn't picking. I, again, I just don't like capping teams' potential. Same thing. I don't like capping a player's potential. Yeah, I'm not capping. Just, a, yeah. Well, no. that's okay. So then I apologize for misinterpreting your tweet. Okay. But the way the tweet came no, off. No, we are on a podcast. Stop being fucking reasonable and go after him God, no get after me bro. i mean that's what we do here and by the way i think that's a segue to the fucking final segment that's what we do here if i if, I, if i'm wrong by the way i don't fucking have an issue with saying hey i'm fucking wrong which i'm i'm wrong a whole fucking lot but like i as many opinions that i post on twitter as many exchanges that i have i'm probably fucking wrong 10 times a day but let me tell you i'm gonna remind you that 11 time that one time that i'm fucking right y'all are gonna hear about it because it's rare that, that, that's just what I am. I'm, I'm not. That, that's, so you're saying you're the ESP of this podcast? Hundred percent. Hundred. No, fuck that. I mean, we all want Nick Foles to succeed, other than a Texans fan, which I totally understand. It's your division, but I mean, nobody else deserves more success than that man. I mean, uh, his thank you letter to Philly, he fucking thanked the janitor, and then he thanked the CEO of the team. Like, you're not going to find many athletes. The in cheap today's... shot at, at Chip Kelly was just beautiful. Oh the man, pettiness it wasn't. It, well, I don't even. People took it as like a savage move, and I was like, no, I really. Think... No, I don't think he meant it. That's what's so great. Yeah. He didn't mean it, but it came out that way. Yeah. It's so perfect. Yeah, he's such a good person. He couldn't have meant yeah. it that way. That makes it better. Yeah, it, he's it, like our perfect saint. He is, and I, I just love him. He's Saint Nick, man. He's Saint Nick. He is Saint Nick. Well, we want to thank you guys for uh, joining us. The point of this podcast is that you sit back, you enjoy yourself, you have a drink, and you get to talk some football. Whether that means you're yelling at your car radio as you listen to the podcast, whether that means you're sitting on the public transportation screaming at people because uh, Dustin said something stupid, whatever it is, 
we we are glad you guys listened, and we glad you guys got to interact with us. But we wanted you to interact with us more. So we have a Twitter account at Sneaky Athletic P. Uh, hit us up there. All three of our Twitters are in the header there. Go ahead and follow us. Uh, Tyler keeps saying that Dustin needs more followers, so maybe we'll start throwing up or doing a little giveaways to people if Dustin hits certain numbers of followers. Uh, but uh, we, we just want to have fun. So if you think we said something good, let us know. If you think we said something stupid, let us know. Um, you know, it's fun to troll a little bit. But at the end of the day, I, I'm here to, to actually talk sports with people. And I'm here to have fun. And Dustin and Tyler, I mean, they're right there with me. Yeah, I mean, I mean we're not just doing – we're not just – I mean, today was it, – it, we're a couple days after free agency. So that's obviously a hot topic. That's what we're trying to do. We don't, we don't want to uh, put ourselves in a box and only talk about specific things. We want to talk about the NBA when it's the finals or when it's the playoffs. We want to talk about football. Um, I'm not really into baseball, but I know these two are. Um, I just – I that's what we're excited about it. And it's finally it finally coming to fruition, and we're excited to get this thing out. So – um, we appreciate whoever's listening now and we're hoping the audience gets bigger and, and like Anthony said, we want to be interactive. If you guys have thoughts, if I sound like a fucking idiot, if D sounds stupid, if Anthony sounds dumb, we want to interact with you guys and we have a, we have special guests already in the, in, um, behind the scenes that we're going to bring on here. So we're pretty excited. Yeah. We're really excited for how this podcast is going to grow. Like we said, hit us up on Twitter. We even have an email for you dinosaurs out there. If you want to send something to sneaky athletic pod at gmail.com. Um, we, we're just so excited to get this going. So uh, once again, thank you for listening. Uh, for Tyler, for Dustin. Fan of the only team in Texas. <laughs> I am Anthony. Uh, thank you for listening. Go have another drink. Fuck Dallas. Cheers, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go birds. I'ma let the champagne bottle pop I'ma take it to the top Show I'ma make it hot